Hi everyone, welcome back to Emphasis on the Ish. My name's Caitlin and I haven't been here in a while, but today we're going to be talking about something that I like to call self-led therapy. Enjoy! you are new here, please consider following both on Spotify and on Instagram at Emphasis on the Ish. This is a podcast about all things for the girly pops, whether it be relationship advice, job advice. I'm a teacher, so sometimes we talk about school and teaching and education. Sometimes we have apps about Zodiacs. Apps. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? I just said apps. Who's out here creating apps? Not me. Sometimes we have episodes <laughs> about Zodiacs. I was looking at my plans for today's um, podcast, which is why I said apps, because the word apps is coming up very soon. But anyway, sometimes we have episodes about Zodiacs specifically. You know, we had an Aries one. That's the best one. I just recorded a Libra and a Scorpio one. That's going to be coming out soon. Leo comes out August 1st, so look out for that. And the most recent one was for cancer. So, and a bunch of the other ones have already been recorded and either scheduled or already released. So if you are a Scorpio, it's coming up, girl. But if you are a Sag, there's a whole episode on that already out there, so go look for it. But anyway, today, I just wanna say welcome. Today's gonna be a good episode. I'm really excited for it. Also, sorry if it's a little bit echoey. I haven't listened back yet, but I can hear myself in my house talking and it just seems a little bit echoey. So I apologize, but I hope you stick through and I hope you listen because like I said, this is going to be a good, good episode. So as I said in the beginning, today we are going to be talking about self-led therapy. And what I mean when I say self-led therapy is therapy that I do by myself for free using an app and a journal, not actually speaking to a therapist at all. <laughs> and this might sound a little crazy or a little bit odd, but when I was looking up therapy, I actually started with like BetterHelp and those kind of apps. And bro, I thought those were supposed to be cheap. That shit is hella expensive. And obviously real therapy is even more expensive and there's co-pays and insurance involved and all that crap. So I decided that I would look into therapy apps first to see, first of all, if there was any and what was out there that might be a little bit cheaper. So there was a bunch, but I found, and I kind of played around with a lot of them, but I found one that I really liked and that was really, really easy to use. And I don't exactly know how to pronounce the app name, but this is how it's spelled. So it's M-E-O. M-I-N-D. So I didn't know if it was like me oh mind or like me mal I don't I don't know. I don't know how it's pronounced, but it's M-E-O mind. So whatever, however you say that. So let me just I'm gonna go through, I'm gonna describe it. I'm gonna describe how I set it up, what I did, and then I just want to talk about a couple of the therapy sessions that I've already gone through. It's nothing formal, it's nothing where I do it every day. It's kind of like when I feel like I need it. And today I actually really need it. So after I do this podcast, I'm probably going to do a therapy session, but let me just describe how it works for you first. So basically you create an account Well, you download the app, right? You create an account 
or maybe you sign up as a guest. I actually don't know what I did, but regardless, it's completely free. You don't have to pay for anything. I'm sure you can pay to get more, like to add on, but there's actually plenty of stuff that you can access for free. So you sign up, create an account, you answer some questions about yourself, like what you're struggling with, and then it gives you therapy sessions to go through based on your answers. And you can change those answers at any time. So let's say, like when I first started, I was going through a lot of trust issues in my relationship because of past trauma, I had um, communication issues. There's also questions to ask about like grief in the family, financial stress, health issues that you might be going through, depression, anxiety, a bunch of stuff, right? And you can, like I said, you can update those answers at any time. So maybe you are going through grief pretty recently when you sign up, but then later down the line, it's not, it's not as... Um, present, I guess, as it used to be. So you can go back and update your answers. But anyway, so you answer those questions. It gives you therapy sessions to go through. And these therapy sessions are between some random person in the world who also needs therapy with that specific topic and a qualified therapist. You literally listen to their therapy session, right? So just pretend that like you're going to therapy with your friend, but it's her therapy session and you're just kind of sitting back and relaxing and watching and listening and they're not talking to you and you're not interacting. You're strictly listening to their therapy session. So that's kind of what it's like. And at first I was a little skeptical because I was like, this is weird. Like I'm not getting my feelings out. I'm not able to vent and talk, but it's actually really interesting. It it helps you to feel really validated as you're listening to other women talk about their struggles. And well, at least so far it's been women. I'm sure there's therapy sessions where there's men, but the ones that I've been listening to so far have been women. But you're you're listening to them talk about how they feel and what they're going through and it makes you feel honestly like a little less crazy. And so far, I've tried to do this a couple times a week. I started trying to make it a regimen, but then I, it felt like I was forcing myself. Like I was trying to do it every night, but I was like, why am I forcing myself to do this if I don't feel like I need it right now? So I realized that it's more beneficial for me to do it when I'm aware of a specific struggle that I'm going through. Also, warning, I'm going to get into some personal topics soon that may or may not trigger some people. But if you're feeling how I'm feeling or experiencing the same kind of struggles, then maybe this app would be really beneficial for you. And I was going to say, like, for example, um, going back to when I need to do this, I just, like I said, I just wanted to put that trigger warning in there. You might get triggered. I might get triggered, but this is, this is important. I think this is an important topic. So back to when I was saying before, like I was in the beginning, I was trying to force myself to do it every day, but I realized that that's not ideal for me. So for example, let's say I'm at the gym and I see some hot bitch. Okay. Also, this is different because now my, my gym location has changed, but we'll talk about that later. Let's say I see some hot girl and she's nowhere near my boyfriend. Okay. Cause he works there, but sometimes immediately I'll get insecure and jealous. So when I recognize the, recognize those feelings, I make a mental note. I'm like, okay, girl, nothing happened. You need to chill. So let's do some therapy later. Okay. So something like that. Or if, um, let's say it's the one year anniversary of my 
Pappy's passing, which I can already feel tears coming on. So I'm not going to talk much about this, but that day I might think, okay, I need to do a therapy session on grief because I just know it'll benefit me. So sometimes I just make a mental note that I need to do a therapy session later on because it's not necessarily going to be beneficial if I just sit in those emotions and take the feeling out on people around me. So when that happens, then later on when I get home and I'm comfy and cozy, I'll go on the app and I'll find one of the therapy sessions that correlates to my mindset or how I'm feeling. And again, this is how I handle it. Obviously, this might not be ideal for you and you might physically need to go somewhere and talk to somebody or go through better help or something like that where you can physically talk about your own problems. But this is really beneficial for me so far. And it, I feel like it helps me feel like I'm not alone because I've realized that one of my biggest, not downfalls, but I guess we can call it a downfall, is whenever I go through a stressful time, my mind tells me that I am the only one going through that stressful time. So when I have whatever X amount of money on my credit card, I'm like, wow, I'm the only one in the world who has this amount of money on their credit card and I'm the only one who doesn't pay it off right away. That's not true at all. But for some reason, my mind tells me that. So I need to find a therapy session on that now that I think about it. When I go through these therapy sessions and I'm listening to somebody's therapy appointment or session or whatever, I also have my journal next to me and I've designated this like my self-care journal. And I'm constantly writing down how I relate to that session. And one thing I really like about each of these therapy sessions is that at the end, it gives you homework. Well, that's what they call it. Or some kind of next step to improve your feeling, your mindset, your situation, whatever. And I implement these strategies and I keep notes of the things that I want to improve on or change. And I feel like so far, this has been really beneficial and really helpful. And I also really like that I write everything down because then I can go back to it if I need to remind myself about something. And not everything that I focus on is relationship-based. So if you have like insecurity struggles or family issues, that was a big one that they talked about, or financial stress, which is one of the topics I've recently been focusing on, you can find a therapy session for it, which is really nice. And some of them are like a couple minutes, some of them like 10 minutes, some of them are 30 minutes, and I'm sure there's ones that are even longer. And you can find a therapy session for anything you want to talk about. And I do want to dive a little bit into some of those that I've done so far. And actually, I'm not sure. Like I said, I'm not sure. This is free. What I've done so far is free. So I'm not sure if there's more things you can access if you pay for. May, like Maybe there's an actual therapist you can talk to. Probably. That sounds valid. But I don't know. I don't even know if that's an option. But it's a really cool app. It's easy to access. This is not sponsored, obviously, but I just think it's really great and I wanted to talk about it. And I've been wanting to talk about therapy for a while, but I didn't know how I was going to do it because I honestly didn't know if I was going to make that extra step and join or pay for an actual therapist. But right now I'm content with the app and I'm going to keep seeing how it goes. And I'm sure that one day I'm going to have to take that leap and actually like go to the next step and not do it myself. But so far it's working. So, all right, let's get into some of the sessions that I've completed and gone through. And I'm going to read some of my notes. And like I said, this might trigger you and it might trigger me, but I feel like it's going to be helpful to somebody out there. Like even if it's helpful to one person, right? 
that's good. So I'm going to try my best. I'm not going to spill every single detail because this is not a relationship podcast where I discuss my relationship and the issues. That was another thing. You know how I just said, like, I'm the only one that goes through credit card payments. I'm the only one that has financial stress. No, girl, you are not the only one that has fights in a relationship. And I don't even have fights that often. But like, that's another thing. My brain would tell me, you guys can't fight ever. That's not healthy. No other relationship, no other couple fights. Like, girl, that's not true at all. But that's a whole other topic. (laughs) But anyway, here we go. Trigger warning already out there. This might be helpful for somebody. So let's get started. So to begin, some of the topics of concern or struggle that I chose when answering the initial questions were intrusive thoughts, worry about finances, grief of a loved one, anger, wanting to form healthy habits, feeling behind, fighting with my partner, trust, past relationship trauma, and work burnout. And that's a very wide range of topics, but Like I said, they have so many to choose from and some are going to apply to you and some aren't. But those are the ones that I thought I've either dealt with in the past or I'm dealing with currently. So I just wanted to work through them. And you can also do a daily check-in where they screen for anxiety and depression. And based off of my daily check-ins, I'm considered low risk for both of those. So that's great for me. But I'm sure if you screen at a higher risk, then they might offer some different sessions or maybe some help in different ways. So that's really great that they do that. So the sessions that I've completed, and I'm going to talk about each one. Um, I'm going to talk about the first three that I did. And I think I've actually only done, I want to say maybe four or five, but the last two I can guarantee you were about financial stress and worry about money And that's probably going to continue because I feel like that'll never end for the rest of my life. But um, actually, no, I shouldn't put that negativity out there. But I'm just going to talk about the first three that I thought were really, really good and beneficial just to give you a little bit of an idea of what it's like. The first therapy session that I completed was called I Project Past Issues on My Current Relationship. And within this specific topic, there were three therapy sessions. So... I'm going to talk about each one. These sessions focused on trust issues, relationships, and communication. And I took notes during each of them. So I'm going to try my best to share those and make them make sense because they're kind of all over the place. But my first day, according to my notes, of self-led therapy was June 6th. That was my first day. And the focus of the therapy session was relationship fighting and projecting past issues. And I recorded, again, I'm trying, I'm going to try and make sense of my notes because they are all over the place and it's a little bit difficult with you guys not having heard the therapy session. But I have recorded that the trauma that I had experienced in past relationships was cheating. And I'd also like to add, that's the only thing I wrote down, but I would also like to add emotional and verbal abuse. Like, why didn't I write that down? I wrote that the way I act due to baggage from my past is something that my current boyfriend does not deserve. And I will continue to say that on and on and on. There are so many things that I think I say to him and I project onto him that he truly does not deserve. He's so wonderful and he should not have to deal with the repercussions of my terrible exes. And 
I remember during this therapy session, the lady that was receiving the therapy had a lot of the same feelings that I had. So it made me feel very seen. It made me feel very understood and like I wasn't crazy. And I'm hoping that that feels the same way for you guys. So she also said that her trauma triggering happened almost everywhere. So that made me kind of reflect on where mine happened. And I do want to point out when I'm listening to these therapy sessions, there isn't like a pause where they're like, okay, reflect on you now. No, it just came naturally to me like, oh, I should probably reflect on where that happens for me so I can relate this to my life. So I wrote down that mine mostly occurs at the gym and me and the girl receiving therapy had the same intrusive thoughts of like, who knows what's happening? And we both said that it's very hard to turn off those thoughts, which I feel like can be hard for people to understand. So what I mean is, let's think of the gym, right? My boyfriend is a personal trainer. I'm just giving you five seconds to think about what I'm thinking about, right? There's hot girls everywhere. Whether he thinks they're hot or not, there's half-naked girls everywhere. Let's get more specific. So when I was there and when I wasn't, I'd be like, actually, no, I have to be honest with myself and say it's more likely to happen when I was there. When I wasn't there, I didn't really care what was going on because I'm like, it's, it's his job. He's working, whatever. But when I was there, I'm like, is he looking at that girl over there? Because I'm looking at that girl over there. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone's looking at that girl over there. So like, is he, does he want her? What's going on? These are the intrusive thoughts I'm talking about. And it was actually crazy to hear that the girl in the therapy session had the same exact intrusive thoughts and again, it's hard to turn those off. And I, that's where I said, I feel like it can be hard for people to understand that because my boyfriend, when I would tell him about it, he'd be like, babe, oh my God, just get that out of your head. You're fine. You're, we're fine. Like, no, I love you. I want to look at you. I, whatever, right? All this um, affirmations and reassurance and whatever, but I can't just turn them off. That's not how my brain works. And it was hard for him to understand that. So the girl receiving therapy made it a point um, to also say that she thinks this stuff is happening because her husband's not in pursuit of her anymore. Like he already has her, so he doesn't have to work as hard to flirt with her or make her feel like the most beautiful or whatever other things she said. And I agreed with this a little bit, but personally, like my boyfriend still does this. Not every single day like I would like, because <laughs> I'm a psychopath. But again, we're working on those thoughts and those needs. But he still does that. And I don't know if it's because of the difference. Like him and I have only been together for almost a year. It's like 11 months. And if I want to get specific, 15 days. So this couple was together, I think, five years, and they've been married for two or three of those years. So it's a little bit different. But in my opinion, you should never stop pursuing your partner. Like you should, I've always heard you should never start, stop dating your partner, right? Like still make them feel special, get them little treats that you know they would like. Like don't become roommates basically, right? Don't become just friends. You still want to be in love and pursuing and dating. So like I said, my boyfriend still does this, but I can understand why those intrusive thoughts would come in for her mind if, he, if her husband isn't. She also said that she had a problem with him being on his phone because she was worried about who he might be texting or calling. And I can reflect upon myself enough and say that this girl was definitely more insecure with her relationship than I am. But, and I don't know if that comes off as mean, but it's just a thought that I had. But again, some of the thoughts and worries were similar. 
And something that I loved, that I love this so much, and I keep telling myself this when I feel myself getting these feelings. Something that I loved is a therapist said, um, what you feel is valid. So your feelings are valid. You being upset and worried and anxious, that's all valid. But the assumptions that you make are invalid. Look for the facts. And... I just thought that was wonderful. She's made her feel seen. She made her feel validated, but she kind of checked her and she was like, listen, what you're feeling is valid, but you can't be making all these assumptions. So for example, it's completely valid that I may feel jealous or insecure, but to assume that he wants the girl over there at the gym and that he wants her number and is texting her and flirting with her, that's so invalid unless I have a proven fact, which at that point, if you have the facts, girl, get out of there, (laughs) but you get the point. Something else that I wrote down is that my boyfriend always reassures me when I have these worries. And I made affirmations for myself to say when I'm having these thoughts, which I based off of what he has said to me. So for example, like, let's say I'm having that thought of, oh my God, does he want that girl over there? Like, I'll say what he says to me. I am beautiful. I am worthy. He loves me. I love him. We are meant to be together. Like, all these beautiful things that he says to me. So I repeat those when I have the intrusive thoughts, which I actually haven't had in a while, to be honest, which I'm happy about. And the therapist asked a question, which was, in your relationship, do you feel safe or unsafe? And I very easily answered safe. Like, I'm pretty sure I yelled it out loud. (laughs) And everyone, like at that point, I was living with roommates and they were probably like, what the heck? But I very easily answered safe, as well as a girl getting the therapy did, which is good. And they continued to talk about, oh, back to that. If you answer unsafe, get out, get out, get out. If you don't feel safe in your relationship, get out. I know it's easier said than done, but get out. So they continued to talk about intrusive thoughts surrounding social media, because again, the girl had um, brought up the fact that she was upset when he was on his phone, right? And... I also have intrusive thoughts surrounding social media, but I don't currently want to get into that because I think that might trigger some anxiety for me. So we're going to skip that. But the exercise that the therapist had the girl do and that I also did in my journal was to write down everything about any traumatic relationship that you didn't like. So reflect on your past, reflect on your exes. What did they do that you didn't like? And then write down everything in your new relationship that is the opposite. So everything I wrote down for my traumatic ex was shady, lying, not making time for me. I had to initiate everything. Disrespectful, no communication, never went around my family, ignoring, cheating. And everything that I wrote down was the exact opposite for my current boyfriend. He's honest. He's open. He makes time for me. He plans things for us, for me. He introduces me to friends and family and everybody in his life. He's excited to see me. He's respectful. He's kind. He listens. He never ignores me, which he's pretty wonderful. I love you so much, babe. And I need to work on those things because I give the silent treatment way too often. So we need to work on that. And that's why we're in therapy, ladies and gents. But that was the end of session one. We're going to move on to session two. This is a long episode, but like I said, this is a good one. I feel like I'm giving other people therapy. (laughs) All right, everybody take a deep breath. 
We're about to get into session two. I'm gonna take a little sip of my water here. I'm so sorry if you don't like that sound and if you had to hear that, but I needed some. So for session two, the therapist, and this it was the same therapist, same girl. They dove deeper into what specifically bothers the girl in her marriage or the things that her husband does that bothers her. And I'm not going to specifically say what they were, but it was something that I also observed in my relationship. And even though there was no ill intent, it was still hurtful and made me feel less crazy that this was also happening in another relationship. Um, again, this girl and her husband definitely had deeper insecurity issues, but the topic was the same. And it bothered both of us. And my boyfriend and I have resolved this issue, but I'm not sure if they did. It's not like I get an update on the girl and her husband. Like, I don't obviously follow her. I don't even know who she is. But I know that at least for myself and my relationship, we have talked about this. We have resolved this. We're good on this now. And I'm hoping they are too. But I'm sure they're fine. But anyway. An important point that the therapist made in this session was that if you're lacking something from your significant other, this girl also, this therapist, queen, queen. She's always coming out with the knowledge. And it's like, oh my God, why didn't I think of that before? But anyway, if you're lacking something from your significant other, like a specific action that you wish they would do, reflect on your own actions first and see if you even do that for them. Okay, so for example, this was the girl's... Um, problem with her husband or what bothered her so she wanted her husband to text her throughout the day I guess okay while they were at work while they were with friends it didn't matter that's what she wanted so the therapist asked her well do you text him throughout the day like do you send little love notes or little I love you's or thinking of you babe or what are you up to I miss you like stuff like that and she was like no And I don't know why I'm laughing because like we all do this. We all expect things that we don't give. Um, not all the time, obviously, but like here and there. So the therapist reminded her that she shouldn't necessarily expect something if she's not willing to do the same. And then it posed the question for me, like what, what do I want from Dwayne that I don't even do, right? So I had to reflect on that myself. And then the therapist said, how often are you, because again, if you reflect to 10 minutes ago when I was talking about session one, the girl talked about how she felt like she wasn't being pursued anymore. So then the therapist posed the question, well, are you pursuing your partner? We already talked about how it feels when he's not pursuing you, but he probably has a lot of the same feelings. So are you pursuing him? What do you think he needs from you? So then I had to write down all the things that I love that Dwayne does. Or at least a couple of them. Because, you know, if I wrote all of them, that would take forever. But I wrote a couple of them. And along the lines of that, I had to answer the following questions. So they were, how does he make me feel the most loved? How does he feel the most loved? And what does he need from me that I might also need from him? And this was really interesting to kind of reflect on. I already knew the answers because I kind of related that to like love languages. And... I did a whole episode on that also. So if you want to learn about love languages, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, I did a whole episode on that. It was such a good episode. So definitely go listen to that. But that's what I kind of related it to. Um, and again, I don't want to write, I don't want to say everything because I just want to like keep that to myself. But there was a lot of things that I loved about him and a lot of things that I realized he probably needs from me as well. And that's something that if you haven't talked about with your partner, it's important to talk about because not everybody communicates that. 
The therapist then provided a guide for having tough discussions. So she said, if you're going to talk about something, like even if you're going to talk about how your partner feels the most loved, you want to start with a kind sentiment, right? So if you want to be like, babe, listen, I know how much you love, like, your alone time and I respect that so much. I don't know, I'm making shit up, okay? I don't even know if this makes sense. Then you communicate the feeling or concern, right? So then you say, but I really like miss you during the week or something and I wanna make sure we spend time together. I don't want us to feel like roommates just like revolving around each other. I wanna, you know, plan dates or pursue each other in whatever way, right? And then you wrap it up with another kind sentiment. And then, so you could be like, But like, I completely understand if that is your love language and you need me to give you that solo time. Like I get that and I love that and I want to do that for you. So can we kind of talk about, like, do you see how that kind of sounds better than you never hang out with me? Oh my God, I'm literally mocking myself right now. I miss you. All I wanted to do was be with you. Like instead of getting overly emotional, like moi, try the kindness, concern, kindness. I tried it with Dwayne that, I tried it. So after this therapy session, which was June 7th, I tried that with him the next time I had a concern and the conversation went much better than me overly emotionally freaking out. All right, guys, final session. I need coffee. I just yawned. Okay. That was my first yawn though. I'm doing good. It's five o'clock, July 19th. I'm killing it. Okay. Third Okay, so the third and fourth sessions, I guess. So, wow, I did six. Look at me. The third and fourth sessions were pretty short, but still had a similar focus from the first two, okay? Um, So the third session focused on how to communicate when upset because I personally found this very hard. I would tend to start with attitude because I always have an attitude. Well, not always. I'm getting better. And that would not get the conversation very far, as you can imagine. (laughs) And the tip that the therapist gave was to write down what you want to say before you say it. So say it to yourself, see how it sounds, write it down in a better way, and then tell it to your partner. And then I reflected on anything that might bother me about my partner, because this is what the girl was doing. And she kind of did this in every therapy session, so I don't really know why it was like the focus in this one. But I'm going to be honest with you, I couldn't come up with anything. Like... I mean, I'm sure there's things that Dwayne does that I don't absolutely love, but I've learned so much from being with him. And as long as he is honest with me and loyal and loving, like I'm chilling, okay? Relationships aren't perfect and neither are people, but I really couldn't think of anything that he does that truly, truly bothers me. And again, That also being said, because there was topics prior to that, but we had already resolved that between the both of us. So up until this point, there wasn't anything that I could think of that truly bothered me. Now I live with him. (laughs) So that list might have changed, but at this point, I couldn't find, I couldn't think of anything. So my favorite thing from this session, oh, this, this therapist, I need to find her name and like, shout her out because she was so good with her advice. So good. This is my favorite thing I've ever heard. Tolerate the distress of not knowing. Tolerate the distress of not knowing. I love this. I love this. Okay. And I love it because when I think of previous relationships with my 
exes that I was with. I would feel the need to know whether it stemmed from insecurity, jealousy, trust, whatever, or not trusting, I guess. I would feel the need to know what my boyfriend was doing at all times, who he was with, how long he was going to be there, what they were doing, everything, everything, okay? I had to basically be in control. With Dwayne, I never feel the need to be that way. And sometimes I catch myself wanting to know more about what he's doing, if he's at work or if he's out with friends or if he's wherever, right? But I so quickly remind myself because of the person that he is, that I can trust him and that I love him so much and that I don't need to be in control and that I can tolerate the distress of not knowing because at this point with him, there is no distress because of our healthy, loving relationship. But if you are, even if you are in a healthy, loving relationship and you're still feeling this stress about not knowing what they're doing at every moment of every day, tolerate not knowing. Be in the feeling of not knowing, but don't act on it because that's when shit hits the fan. So this piece of advice was really eye-opening and I've heard it multiple times recently, actually, just to sit with the uncomfortableness of not knowing and not being in control. And it's hard. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's necessary. So the fourth and final session focused on these topics was more on how we react when feeling upset or having concern. And how I'm like reading this, I actually feel like each lesson kind of, or each session, I'm sorry, built upon the other, right? Because first we learned like to identify what bothers us. Then we learned, okay, how are we going to communicate about it? What can we do? How can we reciprocate? How do we, how can we not react? What can we do to grow? So I just feel like they all built upon each other. Right. So now not only are we communicating better, but we're sitting in the uncomfortableness and we're not reacting. Right. Because that's when everything goes bad. So the girl in this session specifically said that she shuts down. She stops talking. She gets an attitude. And I can very closely relate to this because when I'm upset about something, whether it's valid or not, I shut down in a way where I immediately get an attitude and become mad. And I say harsh things and I make unnecessary accusations and I have those intrusive thoughts. And this is exactly what she was saying she deals with. And the therapist recommended more mindfulness, meditation, and repeating affirmations. So, you know, take deep breaths. As soon as you feel like you're going to go into this shutdown mode, take deep breaths. Do what you need to do to take care of yourself so that you don't ruin the mood of yourself or somebody else. And I've actually begun implementing mindfulness and meditation slowly but surely into my daily routine. And I've told myself it has to be at least three minutes of practice and then, you know, up until 10, 15, 20, whatever, and then do it whenever I feel like I need it, right? So that was the kind of last session focused on this topic. And again, there's so many more. There's so many more about just these topics, but... These were the ones that I chose to listen to, and I'm really glad I did because I learned a lot. And I also, Dwayne, I don't know if you're listening to this. I feel like you probably aren't because your ADHD brain is not going to let you listen to a 20-plus minute podcast, even if it's mine. But I love you, and I've learned so much from you on top of this therapy, and 
I'm just becoming my best self for you because I love you so much. So I'll probably just tell him that anyway, even if he doesn't listen. But anyway, overall, I feel like self-led therapy, again, what I'm calling it, is a really good addition to my life. I don't keep up with it consistently like I would like to. But again, I feel like I do it when I need something or when I feel like when I make those mental notes and then I look up the session and it really makes me feel a lot better. And recently, I think I've said this two or three times now, I've been having a lot of financial stress where I stress about money and then I'm fine. And then I stress about money and then I'm fine. But I'm not doing anything to make it better. So I feel like I need some therapy sessions about that. And then I can see what I can learn and implement going forward. So that's it. That was a lot of talking. But I loved it. I loved this episode so much. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the pod. I hope you enjoyed the information. Hopefully it helps some of you feel less crazy and more seen and more validated. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, but you're worried about money or you don't, you feel nervous, you don't want to talk to anybody and you kind of want to ease into it, I'm telling you, get this app and try it. Just try it. It's free. You're not, you don't even have to do like a free trial. The whole thing's free forever and ever. So that's it. Again, it's Meo Mind. M-E-O-M-I-N-D. It's on the app store, at least on Apple phones. I don't know about anything else. It's awesome. At least try it, okay? I'm telling you, just do it. I'll see you next time. Don't forget to love and take care of yourself and go listen to the Zodiac episodes.